and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast with me, your host, Adam Chalk. And I'm here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings on in professional wrestling. From shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Thursday, you know what that means. It is AEW Dynamite review time. And what a really great two hours of pro wrestling TV this was. A star-making night for one guy, another willing to ruin his body for our entertainment, and another wonderful tag team championship match. But let's get to it, shall we? The Diamond Ring Battle Royal started the night. The participants were Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, Dustin Rhodes, Sean Dean, uh, Dalton Castle, Brian Cage, Lee Moriarty, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, Kip Sabian and The Butcher. Uh, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy fight on the outside. Once they got in the ring, Sabian um, threw Cassidy over the top rope, but he sort of hung there. As he looks like he would skin the cat and get back in, the Blade, who was at ringside, made sure Cassidy got eliminated. Back in the ring, Dustin Rhodes hit a Canadian Destroyer on Sabian and eliminated him. Uh, The Butcher then eliminated uh, Dustin Rhodes. The Boys saved Dalton Castle from being eliminated, for a bit anyway, until Brian Cage just wipes them all out by slamming Castle through them all. Uh, Jungle Boy eliminated Brian Cage with a meteor on the apron. After a break, Ricky Starks eliminates the Butcher. Uh, Jungle Boy eliminates Lee Moriarty, but W. Morrissey helps to eliminate Jungle Boy. He then delivered a sick-looking chokeslam on the apron, did Morrissey. Uh, Sean Dean has a good little flurry, but Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate on him. Ethan Page shouts at Matt Hardy to eliminate Sean Dean, but... Instead, does it himself. Page and Hardy sort of try to get rid of Ricky Starks, but Starks eliminates both Matt Hardy and Ethan Page to win the Battle Royal. This was a reasonably entertaining Battle Royal, uh, if you can ignore all the pointless firm stuff with Matt Hardy. It's all a little bit crap. Uh, Starks look really good. Jungle Boy is great at these uh, he should be in every AW Battle Royal I think but yeah an enjoyable Battle Royal uh, before Starks had any chance to celebrate though MJF's music starts uh, he he comes down to the ring so tells uh, Richard he called him to just wait a minute Says Brian Danielson is terrified of him after what he did to Regal last week because he's a bad man. And that's why in a week he will be a four-time holder of the Diamond Ring and still hold the Triple B. He says that everyone loves Ricky Starks, but compared to him, he's the drizzling shits. 
Or should he say a Rudy Pooh candy ass, considering he has stolen everything from that guy, and he's nothing more than a dollar store Dwayne. Uh, so from now on, he's going to call Starks the Pebble. Next week in the main event of Dynamite, after he beats him, you put him in his pocket, uh, jump in his brand new Porsche, find the next body of water, take him out of his pocket, and skip him all the way back to Billy Corgan and the NWA, so he can go back to wrestling on YouTube where he belongs. <laughs> uh, what a mental image that is. He doesn't care if he's absolute because he's a generational talent and his reign of terror has only just begun. Ricky Starkson walks past him, barges him in the shoulder, gets his own mic and says he should have expected a fifth-rate Roddy Piper wannabe to come out here and take the spotlight. He takes a piss out of what MGF looks like and smells like. Uh, everyone about him screams cheap he says the difference between the two of them so when the fans got behind him he gave them a reason to keep going but when the fans got behind MJF you let them down you let William Regal down but Ricky goes on to say delivers on e- <laughs> delivers on time every week every month every time he's been here busting his ass but you just no show meet and greets because nobody likes you anyway so who cares he talks about having responsibilities and how MGF has no idea what they are he he lives with dignity and respect and you have no idea about that when he lived in his car in South Austin he was grinding um, and because you pay people And kiss ass, you think you're better than me. Give me a break, he says. Uh, Carries on, he never needed a name to get where he is. And next week he's going to take the responsibilities off his plate, little man. Uh, MGF looks a bit pissed off and um, boots him in the bollocks. Uh, Goes to use the diamond ring. Starks. Plants him, though, with a huge spear and holds up the title as the fans go nuts. I have not done it justice at all with that little run-through because this was absolutely brilliant. MGF was great, as he always is, and I'm, I'm not overlooking what he did because his job was to get Ricky Starks over and not... Not just a job well done by him, but Ricky Starks was, I think, one of the best babyface promos I've heard in a long time. You can feel the passion. And I have to admit, I had to go back and watch this a couple of times because I stopped writing because Ricky Starks had me on the hook. Uh, It kind of felt like if you're old like me and remember, or have gone back and watched it at least... The old Dusty Rhodes promos where people were getting off their sofas and reaching out to touch him through their TV sets all those years ago. That's exactly what this had me feeling. This could well be the moment that he steps up as a megastar, Ricky Starks, uh, because he definitely felt one in this moment. 
I can't wait for next week now. And even though I don't believe there will be a title change, I just know there's going to be moments where you think, oh, God, Ricky Starks is going to win this. Um, If you haven't uh, seen this, please do go out of your way to watch it. I thought this was fantastic. Uh, Darby Allen and Samoa Joe had a pre-taped video to hype up the TNT title, which did a, a decent job. John Moxley cuts a backstage promo and says he's starting to like Hangman Adam Page because he fell off his horse and he got right back up and came back fighting. And there's not enough of that around here. Uh, says there's too much talking. And he talks about how the Blackpool Comeback Club are going to get rid of the JS. And if Hangman Page wants to go again, he knows where to find him. Fine. Decent stuff by Moxley. And then it is the TNT Championship on the line as Samoa Joe defends against Darby Allen. And they go face to face at the start, so Darby just starts wailing on Joe. He bullet drop kicks Joe to the floor and then he goes for this mad low pay suicide dive thing that he does so well. But Joe just nopes it and Darby, I think calling it a crash and burn sort of doesn't do it justice. He took a hell of a bump. Uh, missed the padding, missed the barricade I think and landed on, well, concrete. Uh, Joe makes it even worse for him by swinging him into the barricade head first. Uh, he then pulls up the padding on the floor. Joe goes to powerbomb Darby, but he wriggles out of out of it and uh, runs at him. But Joe counters with a power slam on the concrete just before they go to a break. After a break, Joe launches Darby into a ring post head first. He just goes flying. This is the point the doctor was out there checking on Derby. Uh, either somehow got in the ring before the count of ten and just slaps Joe, but he gets smashed with a big boot and a back sent on for two. They fight out to the floor again, but this time Derby manages to push Joe into the ring steps. He then uh, goes to the top rope, hits a coffin drop to a standing Joe on the outside. Back in the ring, he hits a float over stunner and a code red for a near four. Joe, though, plants Darby with an STO out of the corner. Uh, he goes for a muscle buster, but Darby bites him and then goes for a coffin drop. Joe, though, catches in the Kikita clutch and Darby doesn't tap out, but he fades away and passes out. After the match, Darby gets back up, uh, wants to go again, so Joe just nails him with a headbutt. He grabs Darby's skateboard and then delivers a muscle buster, not on the uh, board side of the skateboard, but instead on the wheels. Uh, he, he then chokes Darby out again. Wardlow runs down to the ring way too late, and Joe bails up the ramp with his titles. This match was awesome. Uh, easily the best Samoa Joe match in a long, long time. I felt like I was watching a murder at points in this. I just had to watch through my fingers. 
Uh, the punishment Darby Allen is willing to put himself through for our entertainment is just incredible, and I'm so thankful that he does. I don't think he's ever had a bad match in AEW. Um, certainly, I don't remember one. He's just... I think low-key, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. For me, for what he puts himself through. I think he's great. Um, I expected this result. And I kind of had my thoughts on what the match would actually be like. But I think this took it to a new level, really. Uh, the Wardlow thing... Obviously, going to get Wardlow against Joe again, but Wardlow's lost all that momentum he had, and AEW has this thing where they build somebody up so much, uh, and sort of hold on too long to give him that real big push, and then all the heat goes, uh, or they become a champion and just don't do very much I would say at this point Samoa Joe has had the better title run out of the two of them and it's not been great for Joe but yeah I, I think they've missed the boat on Wardlow not to say it won't come again but for now he's just not as hot as he was a few months ago uh, Tony Schiavone is in backstage where Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian are with him. Cassidy sort of says, you don't have to do all this. If you want a title shot, just just ask. Uh, he's, Kip Sabian says he was attacked by Dustin Rhodes, so he would uh, offer him a match now. Cassidy says, that's fine. Just find someone else to fight him on Rampage. Um, all of it rubbish, to be honest. I really don't like this Kip Sabian character. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. On to Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Utah versus Jake Hager and Daniel Garcia then. Hager throws one of those purple hats to Claudio. Uh, but after teasing wearing it, he just boots it into the fans. Garcia and Utah have a chop exchange which Utah seems to get the best of. Claudia and Hager are in now, and Claudia easily controls Hager. Later, Yuta does a suicide dive out onto Hager and Garcia, wiping them both out. Sammy Guevara got involved, though, and distracted the referee so Garcia could push Yuta off the top rope into Hager's arms. Reed slams him and then did his Hager bomb. Uh, the heels wear down Yuta until he fights back and delivers a superplex to Garcia as they go to a break. Uh, later, Utah hits Garcia with a German suplex out of nowhere. Claudio gets a hot tag and runs wild on Hager and delivers probably the worst American runner you have seen. Uh, Hager's fault, I would say. He sort of just falls on his face. A bit like that Mustafa Ali, uh, Austin Theory spot on Raw, but somehow worse. He goes for the Giant swing, does Castagnoli. Uh, Garcia jumps on his back, though. Claudia throws him down for Yuta to splash from the top rope. Uh, Claudio does the giant swing on Hager anyway, followed by a lariat for two. 
and goes for a springboard, but Sammy Guevara jumps up and holds his arms on the rope, so Moxley runs over and takes him out. Off the distraction, Hager gets an ankle lock in. Uh, Garcia gets Uter in a sharpshooter, but Claudio rolls through, sends Hager into Garcia, and nails him with an uppercut to win the match. Um... Good little preview, I suppose, ahead of Final Battle this weekend, where I hope we kind of see the end of this feud between the Blackpool Combat Club and the JAS, because it's gone on way too long now. Uh, There were issues in this match for me. I I enjoyed it, but if you want to nitpick, you know, Sammy Guevara holding the hands of Claudio and the referee doing nothing... I can see why that langer people. Is it really that hard just to get the referee distracted just for a few seconds whilst they do that spot? I'm sure they could have found a way. Just a little bit lazy, I think, personally. After the match, Tony Schiavone's in the ring and says he wants to show uh, an interview he did with William Regal a few weeks ago. Uh, only supposed to see it if something bad happened to Regal. Regal basically says he did it for the Blackpool Combat Club, siding with MJF, obviously. Um, says he's Blackpool Combat Club for for life. Uh, a bit confusing, to be honest. Moxie then says, well, kind of ignored it really and just says pro wrestling is going to make a statement that final battle where Claudio and Utah bring home the gold and he throws out an open challenge for Rampage uh, yeah odd I thought they did a perfect job last week of writing Regal off TV I don't think they needed to come and kind of explain it at all but yeah strange uh, we get a House of Black video. Uh, they basically call out anyone that has an issue with them for next week. So somebody's getting killed next week. Uh, Jamie Hayter has a sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. And basically all that all that uh, comes from this is she says that she's going to be watching the uh, Hikaru Shida uh, bunny match on Rampage. This seemed really pointless. Uh, a bit of a piss take. I hate these sit down interviews or what they've become. I think the first few that they had were really, really good when Jim Ross did them. This. What was the point? Jay Cargill, Layla Gray and Velvet's Red Velvet took on Kira Hogan, Madison Rain and Sky Blue in a trios match. Now Red Velvet and Sky Blue start off the match. They trade roll-up attempts. Red Velvet yank the hair and the heels take control. Layla Gray gets taken down by Sky Blue with kicks to the head, which puts the baby faces back in control. A uh, frost kick from Sky Blue into the face of Red Velvet. She goes for a baseball slide to the outside, but Velvet 
pulls the apron skirt up, which sort of has her inside the apron and batters her as they go to a break. After a break, though, Red Velvet and Sky Blue hit thrust kicks on each other at the same time. Hogan and Cargill come in to the match. Uh, Hogan briefly gets the better of it until Jade just smashed her in the, into the mat with a spine buster. Madison Rain tags in again, but she just gets hoisted up, smashed with the Jaded, and Jade Cargill wins for her team. This was decent at times. Uh, Jade Cargill again looked head and shoulders above everyone. Um, she is just a star. Layla Gray needs a fair bit of work, if I'm honest. Um, I would not have her wrestling on Dynamite for a little while until she's had a bit more training. <clears throat> but I was really impressed with Kira Hogan's babyface fire-up, so hopefully her AEW career starts to take off now. Uh, yeah, it did its job, I suppose. It's in a backstage segment uh, between Soraya and Britt Baker with Tony Giovanni. Uh, Britt hands her tickets for a January Dynamite. I forget what the date was. Uh, she says you can either sit front row or we can have a tag team match. Uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Soraya and a partner of her choice. Not sure who that's going to be. Uh, a lot of people have come to some sort of decision that it may be Sasha Banks don't know if that is the case but uh, if it is I suppose that's appointment viewing and then it's main event time as the acclaimed defended their AEW World Tag Team Championships against FTR uh, Cash takes out Bowens and they both try for Roll-ups early on. Dax and Caster come in. Caster with a drop kick and an arm drag to ground Dax. Bowens tags in and they both chop the hell out of each other. All four men, <coughs> all four men go at it. Can't even speak. Uh, Cash gets thrown to the floor. And the acclaimed do Sesame Timbers to Dax. They put both members of FTR in sharpshooters. But... Once on the floor, FTR take the upper hand and slingshot Caster into the apron. That puts FTR in full control as they single out Max Caster through pitcher and pitcher. When we come back from the break, uh, Caster delivers a big cross body from the top rope. Bowens gets a hot tag and takes out both members of FTR. Frost kick to Dax and a running knee strike gets him a two count. Dax catches him later to deliver German suplexes. After a meeting of the minds between uh, Dax and Cash, Bowens delivers a neck breaker for two. Cash uh, got the blind tag a bit later on, and FTR did a spike pile driver to Bowens for two. Uh, Taz put that over really well. FTR go for a double suplex, but Caster comes in and spears Cash, so Bowens sort of falls down to a roll-up on Dax for a two-count. The Acclaim pull off a Castadora combo cutter thing. 
that got a two count. Both teams try for, for a big rig, but Cash sends Bowens to the outside, and FTR hit it on Caster. Uh, that got broken up just about by Anthony Bowens. Uh, Bowens hits Cash with the arrival, uh, but uh, Max Caster misses the mic drop. Cash takes the head of Caster off his shoulders of three massive lariats. It's a power bomb and tries for a jackknife pin, but Caster rolls through. Hooks the legs and wins the match. An excellent main event. Yes, there are a few moments where the work just need a little bit of tightening up. Just sort of timing issues, I think. But for the most part, this was another top-tier tag team match. And it wasn't that long ago, really, that we were all questioning if Acclaimed were on that level. They have definitely answered those questions recently and surpassed everyone's expectations after the match the two teams show a bit of respect and scissor what a weird line to say on a wrestling podcast but somehow it works Uh, then the gun club show up on screen to announce that they have some presents for FTR first a card that's written in blood by Dem Boys the Briscoes and then a second pair, uh, second present, a pair of dog collars. So we are getting a double dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes at Final Battle. Sign me up right now. Didn't care at all about Final Battle, uh, but this one match announcement has completely got me invested. I will be watching it. So, as I said, another great two hours of professional wrestling TV and long may it continue from AEW. I think they've found their groove again. But that is your Dynamite review. And as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adam Chalk 8 on there. I'll be back tomorrow with the Impact Wrestling Review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.